When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi, Tom Bernard here. You're listening to Best of the Family. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Tom here from my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer is rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? And I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. What's bringing this on? I don't know. I'm trying to Ooh, child. put some dulcet tones into the riff between Al Roker and Jillian Michaels. Okay, gotta... so she started out the morning battling Lizzo mm-hmm. because Jillian Michaels said that Lizzo should not be praised and, and people uh, should not praise her because of her weight and the fact that she deals with it. Uh, she said, you know, what are you going to do when she gets diabetes? You're going to be happy for her then too. 
You know, so she was battling with Lizzo, and now you tell me she's battling with Al Roker, too? Yeah, because Al Roker is publicly going around, you know, he promotes the keto diet. Um, he's, right. You know, that's what he, the diet that he's on, it's working for him, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Right. Well, she doesn't agree with it, and she's been publicly blasting him for going around promo- uh, you know, promoting this diet. So he went on Twitter and said, so Jillian Michael says keto is a bad idea. This from a woman who promoted on camera bullying, deprivation, manipulation, and more weekly in the name of weight loss. Now those sound like bad ideas. I just don't understand. Why? What is her problem? Does she need attention? Does she not have a job any longer? What, what's the problem here? Probably. Who knows? I can't stand her. And I completely disagree with her blasting Lizzo. Because there's so, especially because <clears throat> Lizzo targets teen girls, you know, preteen and teen girls. And mm-hmm. they're so vulnerable at that age. They're so insecure about how they look. Um, I'm going through some of that with my stepdaughters right now. And at least, you know, some, you know, have, they're worried about their weight issues or how their hair looks and stuff like that. So for a woman like Lizzo to be up on stage and say, hey, I'm a big girl. I love who I am. I think that's a positive message because you go on Instagram and Twitter and all these social media things. It's all these girls that are rail thin that look like Barbie dolls because they have so much makeup on. And and these young girls are trying to emulate that image and they can't. And then they feel bad about themselves. The problem is Lizzo takes it too far. Yeah, she's kind of... At her weight, she is... It's just an objective fact. She's going to die young. It's, yeah. She is. There's no doubt about it. I mean, that. it's okay to be overweight. It's not okay to be so overweight that mm-hmm. your heart stops working when you're 40 years old. What What Lizzo should say is that, yeah, I'm <coughs> overweight. I get it. I could probably use, lose a few pounds for health issues, but I do love myself the way I am, and I'm going to take care of myself. That's yeah. all she's got to say, but to blast her... Because she's just because she's overweight, isn't that kind of making fun of heavier set people? I think we should be all simultaneously promoting acceptance and health. Yes. Not one at the expense of the other, but that's what people yeah, do. Yeah, well, there you go. You either, no, I think that's true. You're either pro health, which means you can't be more than you know two ounces overweight. Or you're pro acceptance, which means you can weigh 850 pounds and there's nothing wrong with that, which... Both are stupid. Mm-hmm. I'm still very upset that I didn't get the name Go to Health for a book about health. <laughs> Go to Health? <laughs> yeah, yeah, somebody already used it. Oh, yeah. What the hell is it? It's not fair. Yeah, we got Brandon in studio now. Hey, Tommy. Well, he can go to health. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> go to health. <laughs> go to health, Brandon. <laughs> What's happening, man? Uh, not much. I screwed up, and I... Yeah, I'm sorry Jordan's not here. <laughs> How did you screw up? I, I forgot. I didn't write it on his press schedule, and he had it. No, I meant any more than regularly. Thank you very no, much. No, hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. Usually pretty good at it, but well, yeah. Aren't his shows sold out already? Yeah, tonight's eight o'clock is very close to selling out. Second, and then uh, tomorrow's eight o'clock show is already sold out. Oh, so, so. Yep. Yeah. all right. He's, what a good guy. Very. I'm nice just guy. bummed. Yeah, because he's a really cool guy. We were talking in the because I brought him to KQ yesterday. He's just like, a really cool guy to mm-hmm. hang out with. So, yep. Yeah. But he is indeed works with Paul Mercurio, which I was very uh, happy to hear. He's a big. Mm. He gets along with Paul Mercurio really well, which is really uh, Paul is still a very close friend. Paul, I love Mercurio, man, I love that guy. <laughs> he's a uh, 
He's saying. a very odd man. Let me well, let me put it this way. I got some friends in the comedy business. You tell me if these people are odd or not. I got Louis Anderson, Nick Swardson, and Paul Mercurio. What the <laughs> hell? Uh, you want to talk about some goofballs? Oh, oh yeah. Nick? yeah. Yeah, Nick's great. He stops oh, yeah, by Nick. Acme all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. He loves Acme. Oh, that's one of his favorite places on earth. It's Acme. Yeah, I see him like three, four times a month. He's just always just, if he's just bored, he'll just stop by just to hang out. He's great. Well, well, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, uh, God, I've known Nick now, Andy, what, for like 25 years? Wow. Yeah. Something like that. He's only, that. well, not probably 25, mm-hmm. probably 20 years because I think he's, he just turned, did he just turn 42 or something like that? Somewhere around there, yeah. How, how old is Nick? I think he's around 42, something like that. He's 43. I'm not sure, but 43. Okay, so I've known him, yeah, a little over a little over 20 years, I guess. But he is a piece of work, I'm telling you that. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. And then, you know, but you know, what's so great about that? In Minnesota Comedians, you got Louis Anderson wins an, uh, an Emmy for Best Actor for uh, for doing Baskets, which was phenomenal. Nick Swardson has been in eight billion big uh, budget movies and big time. I shouldn't say big budget, but big earning movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's done t- television really well. Obviously, I think the last time he was in town, uh, he told me how much he got for the two night thing, and I don't want to tell you because <laughs> it's, we'll sure. all start vomiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> It's like, really? I'd probably only have to work the rest of my life to earn that much. But, you know, don't worry about us. (laughs) Yeah, when a comic makes, like, more than I make in a year in, like, two days, I'm just like, oh, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly I see their paychecks. I'm like, oh, Jesus, I'm in the wrong business. I'm in the right business, but not the wrong part of the business. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Do you think, Brandon, that, that, that comedy will hopefully bring us out of this era we're in right now where everybody's a victim and everybody's hurt and oh my god my feelings are hurt and do you think comedy can bring us out of that i hope so because uh yeah we always say at acme it's like the, the the last vestige of free speech is on that like 10 foot stage there like we gotta like we gotta uh protect that and when i get people after yep. shows like being like he shouldn't say that he shouldn't say this i'm just like where do we draw the line if i say they can't talk about this right then that like but someone else might think that's cool like i don't know it's just yeah it's so if you get offended by anything and if you uh, uh yeah just don't go out in public and don't go to a comedy club <laughs> don't go out in public yes that's the answer i don't want to hear about this or it's just going to make me cry well then yeah you can't live in the real world then because that's especially comedy so like wh- but they're making fun of it like that's the thing like people think like he can't talk about it. like he's making light of it like that's i don't know it should make it i don't know i think it helps people that to hear it like in a funny way sometimes I don't think there's any question, unless you can make, look, my family got through very, very tough times because we made each other laugh. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about that. I mean, I got uh, brothers and a couple of sisters that are very, very funny people, and it really helped get through a lot of misery. I mean, that's what comedy's mm-hmm. for, isn't it? Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, we have some, like, we have some rough nights at Acme sometimes, but then afterwards, we all just joke about it afterwards, and we just make fun of, like, sh- shitty customers and stuff like that. <laughs> 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 like, oh, remember him? Oh, that was great. Like, we have such good stories about some, some <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! Pete on here, but uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I just, honest to God, we're sitting out in the audience uh, last time. Andy Kindler was at Acme, and some guy went after him 
Uh, actually, that was probably a couple of years ago. Were you there that night when that guy did that? Um, I heard about it's so funny. People get so mad at Andy. It's hilarious because they don't get him sometimes. Why? They just they're like, I get people come up. They'll, they'll be like, Is he drunk? And I'm like, Nope, just Red Bull. Just a lot of Red Bull. <laughs> <Just> a lot <laughs> of Red Bull. Anxiety. <laughs> A lot of Red Bull, baby. That's all you need to know. Seriously, like, uh, what's wrong with him? I'm like, no, you don't get it. Like, this is like, this is this is like comedy in its truest form right here. He's making fun of comedy right now. Like, this is the best. Like, we love him at acting. Exactly. Like, yeah, he's. Oh, why wouldn't you? Mm, he's just the sweetest man. I know he the funniest got dude. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. He is a sweet guy. He's a wonderful guy. And matter of fact, <laughs> with, with the whole situation with his dad and you know, mm-hmm. you know all the rest of it, he and I have been very close friends for quite some time. And I, I just love the guy. Absolutely mm-hmm. love him. Yeah, yeah, he's great. You know, he's, he's just a wonderful guy. So, uh, yeah, people, every calm down, Christ. He's a he's a comedian for Christ's sake. What do you? What, yeah, I'd rather be just up here boring you to death. Yeah, like, yeah. What? Calm down. <laughs> calm down, all of you. That's all I have. To say. We're gonna take a break. Be right back. Brandon, our very Wait. special comedic guest today. <laughs> we do. Who could ask for anything more? We'll need ten right? minutes. What? We didn't. We didn't start till twelve after. Yeah. I thought we started at eight after. No, nope, ten minutes. <laughs> okay. Oh, I thought I thought we started at eight after. I, well, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure we did. Well, technically we'll just, we did, uh, but then we played ads. The ads are that long now. They're amazing. All right. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad we can continue on with our with our compelling conversation about Andy Kittler. You know, I I don't know. It's I do I I do think our answer to this to the to solving these problems is not political. It is not uh, Hollywood movies uh, or TV shows. Like I I do think stand up is the only thing that's going to bring us out of this big battle we're in right now, where everybody hates everyone else. Yeah, yeah. I, that's why I work in comedy. That's why I've been there for like six and a half years. Like I just love being around it. It helps me. It like makes my life better being around comedy and hanging out with comedians all the time. And it's just that yeah, everyone should do it. So if you want, well, one of the great things if you're oh. hanging out with comedians, uh, for people who don't hang out with comedians, I would say this: if you get a chance to hang out with comedians, because uh, obviously you're a better person than they are. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I love oh these. man, I envy their lifestyle though. I like I like I love working in Acme. I love being a manager there. But like the, being yeah. able to work one hour a night and then just have the whole day to do whatever like that's so I, I envy mm-hmm. that very much. <laughs> do comedians have to do a lot of press still, or, or not so much anymore because of social media? Well, I'm not terrible. Depending on depending on who it is, but yeah. like I mean, we do like maybe four show. I think we had four things this week. Uh, like you and then like today and then yesterday was KQ. We did like WCCO the other day and then yeah, I oh, mean like okay. three or four, like nothing crazy. Like it's nothing mm-hmm. early anymore. Thank God for me because I have to bring them. Almost six. Like nine a.m. at KQ is not bad. <laughs> like I can I can handle that. But when it's like seven thirty a.m., I'm like okay. <laughs> <laughs> especially in the winter. So no, especially in the winter. Yeah. No other radio other than than KQ and CCO does, does comedians. That we do, at least. Well, I don't know. Maybe the other... Like, uh, there's another show. I doubt it. I don't know. There's a... Uh, oh, oh, there is? Uh, iHeartRadio. What's that one? Um, I don't know. Whatever. But, uh, yeah. iHeartRadio. No. Um, I was trying to think of what it would be. There's one nearby here. I forget who I, who it is. Man, I'm terrible. Uh, the only ones I can think of that would be at all appropriate, KS95, yeah, KDWB. A... Uh, yeah, I don't know. No, they don't do comedy. Hmm. Mm. Uh, Love oh, that's 105. Very odd. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. I, I just can't believe that they wouldn't want to sit down with, with comedians, on, you know, who have been on the road. It's a pretty fascinating conversation, don't you think? Oh, yeah, it's the I best. Mean, like, know, I love having new people every... Like, I always say it's like it's having like, a new co-worker every week is like the new headliner. Like, I'm so excited. Like, Jordan Carlos, I've never heard of him before. I was so excited to meet him. I, like, And then... Like I said, hanging out with him yesterday, driving him to KQ was super fun, and just seeing his comedy. It's nice to see new people come through there and like have new favorite comedians once in a while. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's nice seeing the same people over and over too. But it's also nice to get a fresh, mm-hmm. <laughs> fresh comedian come in. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh my God, I, I just looked at the headlines. I can't take <laughs> some people's ego. I really, I can't do it. It, it just. Oprah Winfrey has a lot of pull in Hollywood, in the media, maybe even in politics, but the talk show host, media executive, and philanthropist says she didn't have anything to do with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle deciding to ditch the UK. Who said you did? <laughs> what does Oprah have to say about it? Yeah, that's like a what? weird thing to say. Yeah. Isn't that odd? Uh, she didn't ask him to migrate across the pond, abandoning their key responsibilities to the royal family, despite a source telling Page Six that Winfrey, who attended the couple's wedding in 2018, was in the uh, their ear to build their own brand. Miss O tells people she had nothing to do with any of this. Oh, is it Miss O now? Miss O, I never heard that. <laughs> oh, God, I can't take it anymore with this. I care about them both and support whatever decisions they make for their family. More on the royal uh, hubbub from around the Internet. Uh, a pressure-filled early announcement. The BBC notes the royal couple may have gotten wind that the Sun tabloid is about to print a story on their still-secret plans to move overseas and felt their hand forced. Yeah, whatever. Uh, working for a living, the Times also delves into how the pair will survive as they strive to be financially independent from the royal pocketbook. Some possibilities. Marco could go back to acting. They could strike uh, book deals or they could go. See, that's the whole problem. We want to step away from the royal family, but if you want to pay me $50 million for a book, I'll take that. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Really? Because if they both put a book out, they're going to make about $50, 60000000 million. Bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not going to be real hard. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So are they talking about moving to America? Uh, That'd be nuts. I don't know how that would work. I don't, I don't actually know. No, I, I'm right now, aren't I, Andy, that it's 15? Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> Perfect. We'll be right back. More with Brandon. Big shot right after this with the family. Tom Bernard here, and with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, I was reading on your website that one of your bankers has worked with a customer for more than 30 years. It's a long time for any business relationship. Is that common? Not only 30 years, but two generations. Our great client, Northland Fastening Systems. 30 years is definitely not common for a lot of bankers, but Brad has developed a relationship with that trusted customer that has allowed them to show steady growth every year they've been together. Building the relationship of trust is what we do best. It allows us to make quick deals that benefit them and all of our business customers. The cool thing is that it gives us a chance to be more than your banker, hopefully a partner, and maybe even a friend. I've never liked you, by the way. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience? Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Thanks, friend. And you are? <laughs> Real nice. Chuck Nabla. <laughs> Chuck Nabla. If you're one of those folks out there still putting up with contact lenses or dealing with glasses, think just for a moment. What would it be like to wake up to a clear morning and experience your day with all the freedom LASIK brings? Well, I'm living proof. That dream can come true. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract 
With the new year right around the corner, it's time to set your sights on 2020 vision. Get $500 off LASIK through the end of the year at Whiting Clinic. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contacts, then it's time for you to find out if you're a candidate for LASIK. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com for your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Imagine 2020, buy 2020, and let 2020 be your best year yet with $500 off LASIK at Whiting Clinic. Offer expires December 31st, 2019. Both eyes only cannot be combined. Results may vary. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Brandon from Acme in studio with us today. Um, you know how life gets so weird. If you've been in a business for a long time, like a, a business like radio or whatever, there are other businesses, but I'm just, I know about the radio one. Mm-hmm. Weird stuff happens in your life. The longer you're in it, the, the weirder stuff happens. Like there's a, you know, and again, I, I have no opinion on this lawsuit. Uh, between E. Jean Carroll and Donald Trump. I don't know if he did it. I don't know if he didn't do it. I don't have an opinion on the case at all. It's just the weirdest part of it is, is I know E. Jean Carroll mm-hmm. from years ago. And it's so weird that that someone you've spent some you know time with and did some work with and did radio with for, you know, whatever. She was very, very friendly, very nice person when, uh, when uh, she was hanging out in studio and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know anything about it, but but you just never think you get in a point in your life where, yeah, you know that woman that, well, first of all, I met her because she was living with uh, Hunter S. Thompson. Oh. That's why I met her, okay. right? Mm-hmm. So she is drawn to, to very talented people, I would say that. Uh, Hunter S. Thompson, while being totally mentally ill, <laughs> was a very talented guy. Mm-hmm. He killed himself, didn't he? I think he ended up killing himself, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I don't Shot know. himself in the noggin. Oh, did he? Oh, man. I've... Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know much so. about he him. Broke I've always wanted to read his books. But... Yeah. Oh, yeah, you should. He's a really, really good writer. You should read Hell's Angels. It was I don't know if it was his yeah. first book. It was one of his first books, but it's a good book. You yeah, that's the one. That's that's like top of my list of his books for sure. Yeah, I mean, I've seen Fear yeah. and Loathing in Las Vegas. and Yeah, I'm like, oh, my God, that's nuts. But, yeah, Hell's Angels. Yeah, I've heard good things about that book. But it's so weird now in your life as you go along. All of a sudden, you know, like this news story just popped up on my screen. Went, oh, that's Jean Carroll. Then you go, oh, that's right. She's suing the president. <laughs> and you're like, what? You know, you just didn't think you'd, your life would get there, if you know what I'm talk, talking about. Uh, the reason I'm even referencing that is because E. Jean Carroll's uh, lawsuit is going to move forward. Uh, Donald Trump's lawyers wanted it thrown out. But the judge in New York, uh, Supreme Court Justice Doris Ling Cohen, wrote in a, in a ruling that uh, we will be going forward with it. We move ahead is the way she put it. We move ahead. Uh, and, and then Carol, uh, Jean Carroll, E. Jean Carroll. Uh, she was only Jean Carroll when I met her, not E. Mm. Jean, but what do I know? <laughs> uh, we move ahead, tweeted Carol, who argues Trump's denials have damaged her career and reputation. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I, I have no opinion on that whole deal, the lawsuit or any of the rest of it. Obviously, if he did it, he should get his ass handed to him. And if he didn't do it, she should get her ass handed to her. Mm-hmm. Somebody's lying. Yeah. I don't know. Right? So, sounds like the 90s were a bad time for sexual assaults. <laughs> I just saw this oh, Epstein documentary. God, like, Ugh, God. The 90s were actually a very bad time for crime in general. Yeah. A lot of people don't know. And you know why that is? 
because of the permissiveness of the hipsters back in the late uh, 60s and 70s. It kind of built into that the youth of America, their brains when that the whole thing was going on. And all of a sudden we said, let's get really permissive. Mm. Well, look how that worked. And now, of course, we're pooping on the streets of San Francisco, and that's somehow a good thing. Never understood <laughs> that. Brandon, how often do you take a dump on the street? Uh, mm. uh, when was the last Just time? to think about it, ladies and gentlemen. Carry the two. And uh, number two. Uh-huh. All right. Um, yeah. Um, no, I've never dumped. I've definitely peed in the street before, but that was, that's another Yeah, story. I have too. Yeah, we all have. Full disclosure, we've peed in the street, but no, I've <laughs> never uh, dropped trow and cracked one off in the middle of the street. I, I don't really understand the upside of that. And, and, and my big problem with that whole thing, and I don't know why they allow it, first of all. If you would take some of that money you're pissing away on other things and house these people, it would be really nice. Mm-hmm. Because we could afford to house every damn homeless person in America, but we use the money for other things, like lining uh, politicians' pockets. You know, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So the problem I have with that is if I had a little child and I lived in San Francisco, you wouldn't be pooping on my sidewalk. I can promise you that. Because if my child walks out and touches it and you've got some infectious disease... Mm-hmm. You think you're going to die soon. You'll be dying sooner than you thought. <laughs> no. The, why do they allow people to poop in the streets where little children and animals and whatever can go over and touch it or whatever? Like, what What the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. That's yeah. it's a weird deal. <laughs> it's, That's all I'm saying. It's, it's a weird deal. Uh, oh, how about the new uh, Subaru? Huh? Did you yeah. see the new Subaru's name? No, I'm looking for a new car. What's what's up? Okay, well this is the, this is the one for you, mm-hmm. the Forester Ultimate Customized Kit Special. Okay, it's the Forester Ultimate Customized Kit Special. It is from uh, from Subaru. It's uh, it looks like an SUV kind of, you know, kind of like a low low slung SUV. Mm-hmm. But follow me with this one. The name of the car is the Forester Ultimate Customized Kit Special. What does that spell? Wait, what is it? You're, okay, you ready? <laughs> Forrester. Mm-hmm. Ultimate. I can already see where they Customized. Oh. Kit. <laughs> they named their car Fuck. That's awesome. How did they not? There's so much regulation that goes. Like, how did they not? <laughs> how did they not? <laughs> you would think. It says, new Subaru name, prank, coincidence, or sly wink. It's not a very sly (laughs) wink, because I'm looking at the the auto show. They took a picture of it, and it's Mm -hmm. printed out on the the, uh, stage right in front of the car, it, and, and yeah, it says four capital letters too for each. Special. Yeah, like I've seen. Is that the one with like exactly. the blue underglow on it? Yeah, I'm seeing the same picture. <laughs> exactly. That's amazing. It's mm. uh, like oh. it's very clear. It's not a sly wink or a coincidence. It says Fox. That's what it says. <laughs> well, I think I found my new car, Tom. This is it. This oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, you should get that blue one with the red striping on it. That's a good look. You I know. like blue. Blue's my favorite you gotta color. you got to get a custom plate now that says, I don't give. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Fucks. <laughs> Works for me. With its eye-catching pinstriping 20-inch Enkai wheels over lime green brake calipers, a large touchscreen that controls all of a ride's tunes, Subaru's new concept car, which appeared at the Singapore Motor Show this week, definitely looks pretty cool. 
Uh, but it's the car's name that's generating the most buzz with the Autoblog, with what Autoblog calls a delightful nod to immaturity. At first, the Forrester Ultimate Customized Kit Special Edition doesn't seem like an unusual moniker for a show car until you form an acronym using the first letter of each word, while Autoblog speculates that the makers of the Fox Edition, <laughs> whose NSFW acronym was first noted by Top Gear Philippines, may not have realized what they were... Yeah, they realized what they were doing. Yeah. There's no way they didn't know. They Some guy was getting fired, letter. and he knew, he was like, oh, I'm going to do yeah. this real quick before I get... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yes. <laughs> the fact that they did what to each letter, Andy? The, the fact oh, that they bolded them. and capitalized yeah, yeah, each like it's individual so obvious. letter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they knew. There's no question <laughs> they do. I mean, Jesus, really? Uh, the drive's James Gilboy thinks it may be more than that, especially because in the show's display, the first letter of each word is bolded, making it even easier to see the acronym. Mm-hmm. It's the dirty name, an unfortunate coincidence. Is it a prank pulled by a Subaru intern or a uh, Subaru hat tipping the stereotypes careless owners have saddled some of its cars with? I don't think they meant to saddle the car with it. <laughs> I think a lot of people would buy it just because of its name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think this. Yeah, this might be planned. They're like, oh, yeah, we're gonna get a bunch of people buying this just for fun, <laughs> just because I don't know. I mean, it's not a bad looking vehicle. It's, not, it's no. a nice little smaller SUV. Mm-hmm. I, I got no problem with the the appearance, but yeah, for the for, was it a coincidence? A coincidence to what? <laughs> yeah. What would be the coincidence? Oh, man. Anyone? I don't know. That's, oh, that's amazing. I don't understand it any at all. Uh, Katrina Spade, the founder and CEO of Recompose, displays a sample of the compost material left from the decomposition of a cow using a combination of wood chips, alfalfa, and straw. So Seattle will have the nation's first human composting site. Mm. What do you think of that? Technically, we've had human composting sites for millennia. They're called graves. Oh, because it's called graves, yes. But it's true. So, but if they use those, if they use that as fertilizer mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to embalm the body i mean obviously they wouldn't because they'd want mm. it to decay no they'd have to put it the body in the pile like pretty much immediately or yeah. it starts yeah. to rot yeah but i don't know because <laughs> like what happens if people i mean are they mm. gonna have to go through testing but because i don't want yeah. plants that are grown in a place where bodies with like disease and stuff right are yeah decaying. are you gonna have the thing on your license now that says like I want to be fertilizer. So, <laughs> 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 like, I'm yeah. organ, do- organ donor and right. fertilizer. That's what I want to be. Don't the body to compost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd be okay with you that. I mean, I'm not using it anymore. Yeah. Sure, use it for plants. I don't know. <laughs> I guarantee you, at the Bernard dinner table, if there was human composting and all the rest of it, and blah blah blah. I would have said to my mother, Mom, this carrot tastes like ass. What's that's all? <laughs> we, we just would have. Yeah. <laughs> this carrot tastes right? like ass. <laughs> well, it's good. You'd have the sphincter in there some places, oh, right? But yeah. I mean, use like, use like poop for fertilizer, too. So, I mean, it's like, what's. I, I, yep. Would I rather yep. eat a person than poop as fertilizer? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't. <laughs> it's a weird concept, but I get it, you know, because um, I don't know. I, it, to me, it, well, it's so expensive to bury somebody. My mm-hmm. God, when my yeah. mom passed away, they were going over prices. Yeah. Thank God she wanted to be cremated. Mm-hmm. So it only cost like thirty-two hundred dollars to have that done okay. and whatnot. But thirty-two? Yeah, it was thirty-two hundred bucks for to... for cremation and what? Wow. Yeah, that's how much it was. 
thought it'd be like nine ninety five, and I mean, usually like ten grand for a funeral, anyway. So yeah, that's a Black Friday special, Tom. Black Friday special, ten bucks will torch you right down. No, but but going over the cost, if you want to bury somebody, you have to pay for the coffins aren't cheap. Just to dig in the plot that you already own. It co- like um, I've heard people say it can cost up to six thousand dollars. Just use a backhoe to dig. Wow. That portion is just six thousand. Oh God! It's oh, it's God. ridiculous. So it's like if you have kids, make sure you have an insurance policy to at least cover the burial if you want to be buried because it is. Don't leave that. Your poor kids. I mean, that's terrible to leave mm, that kind sure, of a yeah. bill. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's. I have a question for you guys. Yeah. And I'm very serious about this. Mm-hmm. Are you guys afraid to die? I'd prefer not to. <laughs> like, well, yeah, but you're day. going to. Every I mean, day unfortunately, of... you're going to. <laughs> I say every day above ground is a good day. Um, <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I... Hmm. I'm not afraid to die, per se. I'm afraid to leave my kids too early. That's sure. my fear. Yeah, that makes, yeah, that makes sense. They're not well, ready. They don't want you around anyway. <laughs> yeah, it, they told me. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not really afraid. I know it's coming. Mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. I think the fear is of you don't know when, you don't know how. I mean, if I'm like 80 years old, I'd be like, all right, I could go tomorrow and be fine with it. Mm-hmm. Um, not now though, because my kids are still young. They still need a mom. Yeah. I worry about leaving the people behind. That's my fear. Yeah. Not actually dying. Yeah, I've I. I cannot remember the last time in my life that I was actually afraid to die. It mm-hmm. just has never bothered me. Because I figure once you die, you're not going to know it anyway. What's the difference? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like someone said once, like yeah. you, you like spend your time, like there's black before you were alive, and then you're alive. There, you were dead longer than you were alive. That's what I've like I've heard people say, and that's kind of what I like to think right. about that way. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Because I, yeah, because I will charge into situations where other people would just avoid them, like. You know, if somebody's being an asshole or whatever, I'll go over and, you know. And most people go, why do you do that? And I said, why wouldn't I do it? He goes, well, it's dangerous. I said, no, it's not. Well, what if the guy shoots you? I'm like, well, I won't know it. If he shoots me, I'll be dead. What mm. do I care? <laughs> I don't, maybe yeah. I'm oversimplifying it. Do you think I'm? it's just some, oversimplified in my brain? Some people, no, but if it works for you, it works for yeah. you. If that makes you, yeah. Yeah. I mean, couldn't care less. Like, some oh, people boy, have religion. Really you're just like, I might, might get shot by a random dude. Like, that's 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 cool. <laughs> get shot by a random dude. <laughs> it's that whole deal of living in fear that I have no interest in. Yeah. Some, some people mm-hmm. can't help it, though, you know. And Yeah, I know. Um, I know. I know Dave has publicly said he has a unhealthy fear of death. He's afraid to die. Oh, does he? Yeah. I mean... It, you know, and he because he just doesn't know what comes after. I mean, everyone mm. says you're not going to know, but we've kind of been ingrained in our mind that there is an afterlife, and you it's just that not knowing for sure what's mm. going to happen after I think terrifies him. Oh, totally. Is it just going to be black, or am I going to see things? Or am I, what's going to happen after I die? Um, I, you know, but that's kind of normal. Some people have it worse than others. I've had to deal with it with my seven-year-old, mm. who has a yeah, fear of yeah, death. Yeah, yeah, little kids. Yeah. And yep. 
I almost I was brought to tears because his he's seven years old and his number one worry is when I die, then when he dies, he won't be able to find me in heaven. Mm. And I was like, oh, well, heaven. I know. And I'm like, oh, honey. I said, I'm your mom. I will find you. Don't worry. That's my job. I'll always be your mom, even after death. So, but not in heaven. <laughs> not, yeah, you're going oh, I'm not going to. I probably am. <laughs> Bring the tacos. <laughs> Bring the tacos, baby. Um, now we're talking. Yeah, so I, it, I don't know if it's just something with certain people where that fear of death, it just triggers something in them and they hold on to it. Some people, death doesn't bother them. Like you, Tom, you just, it doesn't bother you. You know it's going to happen. So. Couldn't care less. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I guess it just depends on I do on have a plan, though. Mm-hmm. If I go to heaven... I do have a plan for that, too. If I, if I die and then I go to heaven, I'm going to go up and look at God mm-hmm. and to the right hand of God. I'm going to look at Jesus and go, hey, could you move down a seat? <laughs> you know? Can you scooch over? What do you think? <laughs> hey, can you scooch over? I'd like to sit in the right hand of God, if you don't mind. You've been there for like a couple of thousand years, so I just want to try it. See what it's all about. Because you know Jesus has got a sense of humor. You know that. Oh, I, I'm sure. He was human, you know. He was human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, now, now, of course, in Brazil, they're having a fit because there's a play about him being gay, and the the Christians are not happy about that in Brazil, man. They're having a fit <sighs> about that. Like, calm know. down. You know, it's the same people, and Jesus is portrayed as a white guy. He wasn't white. He was no, from the weird. Middle That's East. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> he was the only white guy in the Middle yeah, East. Yeah, yeah. That was it. <laughs> yeah, all true. Mm-hmm. All right, we are ready to take a break, right, Andy? Yep. I wanted to make sure we'll be right back with the final segment with Brandon from Acme. Thanks for coming in today, Brandon. It was nice of you, nice of you to come in. Yeah, of course, man. Anytime. We'll be right back with the family. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly. Away. Now we're talking. <laughs> we are back, ladies and gentlemen, talking about when you die, 
you're going to burn in hell. No, that's not what we're doing. <laughs> Uh, have fun. I haven't thought about that. Maybe that's where it all came from, the fact that I don't have any fear of dying. Because when I was a kid, they talked about burning in hell if you didn't do it. And I went, no, you don't. <laughs> Even when I was a little kid. Yeah. Uh, it's like, no. Well, yeah. the biggest problem I ever had, Brent. Now, did you grow up in any any particular faith yourself? Yeah, I went to Catholic school for like nine oh, so years. And then uh, in high school, my parents were like, do you want to go to Catholic school or public? I was like, public, please. Mm-hmm. And went there. And my two younger sisters went to Catholic. And I was so glad because I was a bad student anyways. And I didn't pay extra <laughs> for me. <laughs> well, I suppose that's true. You, so you did the same thing I did. I went to the first eight years Catholic school and then went to uh, public school for mm-hmm. ninth through 12th. Well, ninth through 10th and a half. But anyway, you know, moving forward. That all works out. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the other thing I was thinking about that Sermon on the Mount thing with Monty Python. He starts doing the, the whole deal. And a woman in the audience goes, speak up! <laughs> <laughs> Yelling at him to speak up. How great is that? I just love Monty Python. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, a couple of them aren't even with us anymore, which is... Not a good thing, yeah. but yeah. such is life. So, uh, you know, look, all we do on this show, like today in particular, is we're just showing people the important things in life. It's like, oh, yeah, well, what about, yeah, kiss my ass, leave me alone. I'm good. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Did you see, uh, and Andy, this is something you probably already read about, that there is a huge problem now in Hong Kong with PTSD because of the protests. They, they said a huge percentage of population is now, now has PTSD. Oh, wow. That makes sense. I mean, suppose you of... would. Yeah. I've seen the videos. There's a lot of crap going on. Oh, yeah. It's tough to <laughs> believe anything walk out that your comes out of China, though, on either side. Well, that's true. That's true. That's a good point. You mean the Chinese lie? Really? Are you sure? <laughs> Yeah, whether it's like, you know, the Chinese government's going to lie about the protesters and the protesters are going to lie about the Chinese government. So it's like, how do you even... Yeah. Footage, sure, but things people say that other people did. Right. I mean, like, not even just China, just, you know, someone tells some totally true, shocking story on Twitter. My first instinct is to not believe it. Mm. Is there anything you can believe anymore, though? Is there anything you look at and go, well, that's true? Not hearsay, no. Mm-mm. I guess not. It, it's still b- Lying is like a big tool now, isn't it? To lie is one of the great tools that human beings can use because nobody will. Uh, nobody cares anymore if you lie, mm-hmm. which is disgusting, but well, uh, it's too bad. Well, yeah, because I've noticed that when I like read news stories, I find myself fact-checking the news story. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to... Okay, mm-hmm. I'll Google this to. portion to see if it's actually true, and then it comes to find out it's not. I'm like, I shouldn't have to do this. Mm-hmm. This is news. Right. I shouldn't have to fact check. That, that's your job as a reporter. You're not like this opinion mm-hmm. journalist or whatever. You're a reporter, report the news. I shouldn't have to fact check your stuff and then pay for you know news services on top of it. I mean, it's like, <laughs> right. do your job. Come on. I don't know. It's very frustrating and... You know that's why that's why I completely tune it out now. I don't watch news. I watch the local news, and I'll watch the weather, <laughs> and that's about it when it comes to that kind of stuff. So the amazing thing to me, honest to God, is uh, you watch one channel and you go, okay, so that's what's going on. Then you turn to the opposing channel and you find out, nope, that's 180 degrees wrong. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it's a little hard to believe you're both that right. far off. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pretty difficult to believe that that's even true. But that's, I guess that's what they love to do now. I watch things now and I go, you know, you're really good at that lugubrious facial expression that you have, <laughs> that mournfully sad mm-hmm. facial expression that you have right now. You're really getting good at that. Oh, you know what happened? The sun went down. I think it's Trump's fault. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever, you know. And then it was Obama's fault before that. And then before that, it was Bush's fault. And everything's somebody else's fault. I honest, right? Well, I honestly think because... A lot of the media outlets are controlled, well, not controlled, but they are left-leaning or liberal. And I'm Most wondering if they're yeah, using yeah. that as a mind-control technique to constantly sound like I they're think, depressed yeah, and mm. people watch yeah. it all the time. Well, what happens when you watch depressing shit all the time? Mm-hmm. You get mm-hmm. depressed. And then they pop on the pharmaceutical commercials in between the depression oh, yeah. sessions oh, on yeah. the news. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I have a feeling there's a little uh, mind control game playing going on with the media. I honestly do. I think everybody does think that now because it, it's it's so obvious that they're just begging for you to watch them, and nobody's watching most of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I stopped. I used to watch the news all the time. I hardly ever watch it now because it just pisses me off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and I watch people that I know, like Pete Hegseth I watch all the time, Minnesota's own. Mm-hmm. I like watching Anderson Cooper. I think he's a real decent guy and means well. And there are a few of them. Yeah. There are a few. Well, kind of the old school news anchors and stuff were fine. I mean, the only time I ever like saw really emotion with like Walt, uh, Walter Cronkite is when Kennedy was shot, mm-hmm. right. and that was for good reason. And mm. then uh, Peter Jennings was, you know, showing some emotion when nine eleven happened. That, so those mm-hmm. were like the two points where you really only saw news anchors really kind of show emotion or feel attached to the story. Other than that, they would just sit there and report the news, and I loved it. I just said, okay, what's going on in the world today? But now it's just they use opinion as fact, mm-hmm. and it's just it's so ugh, gross. I just stay away. Why did you bring up Peter Jennings? Now I'm all depressed. <laughs> I, sorry. You know my Peter Jennings story? <laughs> um, I believe... This is my Peter Jennings story. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so this is when Ocean Air used to be in the in the uh, Hyatt mm-hmm. over by Ichiban. So I walk in there, and Steve was the manager of the place, really nice guy. And he goes, Peter Jennings is here, and he works for ABC, and you work, because Disney owned us at that time. I was working for ABC at the time. He goes, you want to say hello to, to Peter Jennings? He, you know, I told him that another ABC guy was here. And he said, I said yeah, that, you know, whatever. Eventually went over. I didn't know he was dying. It's like, thanks so much for that. So literally, I go over and go, Peter, I just want to come over and say hello. Really enjoy your work. And he goes, thanks very much for coming over. I really appreciate it. Like, ah, Jesus. So now I got that stuck in my head for the rest of my life, Peter Jennings not being able to breathe or talk. I didn't. But other than that. Oh, I know. When I found out he had lung cancer, I'm like, was he a smoker? Because he didn't look. Oh, big time. I know. Mm -hmm. But he didn't look like a smoker. You know how usually you can say, oh, they're a smoker. I mean, he just didn't seem like that kind of guy. And I mean, he was was my go-to person throughout all the 9-11 coverage because I loved Peter Jennings. And yeah, he yeah. was such a great news anchor and reporter, and I, I miss agree. him too. I really do. 
Yeah, I agree. He was very, very good at his job, but it's mm-hmm. just, you know how you want a better picture of someone in your head when they die? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All I get now is, oh, I'll tell you what, Tom. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Not a good thing, but, you know, uh, but the, you're right, though. He was one hell of a news anchor. Mm-hmm. He, did, he did a great job for uh, for ABC. Yeah. Uh, right now, I couldn't, you know, it's really sad, and mm-hmm. I didn't do this intentionally, I could not name one of the anchors on the uh, on the uh, ABC, NBC, CBS, or or uh, any of those. I have no idea who the nightly news is is hosted by anymore. Same here, no Tom. Yeah, same. Although, what's that one guy that took over ABC? I I, I watched know. him a couple times. Oh gosh, he used to be a, a field reporter for ABC News, and now he's the main anchor. Why can't I think of his oh, name really? now? Mm. Um, he's okay. I mean. He's no Peter Jennings or, you know, Ted Koppel, but <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of his name now. He's got dark brown hair. Um, he's okay, but yeah, other than that, I I don't know either, Tom. I no idea. I probably haven't watched nightly news <clears throat> in probably three years. Oh yeah, it's been what forever. happened to Lester Holt? <laughs> Lester Holt. I'm Lester Holt. Oh god, he's a great guy, by the way. Yeah. Lester Holt is a very nice man. He really is. <laughs> so he still is he still on? I don't know if he's even on anymore. Is he? Well, I don't Anyone know. know. I think he does like some of those specials that they do, like investigative specials. Uh, right, right. But I don't think he does daily stuff let's see um he's still the weekday edition of nbc nightly news and dateline nbc oh is he oh i didn't know that yeah nightly news with lester holt on nbc news nightly news it's lester holt you gotta get it right you can't just say lester holt <laughs> i can't get my voice lester that deep holt. It is all, it's just wonderful. And by the way, I don't watch any news on NBC because of Homer Simpson. Why? That's all I'm saying. Because he told me many, many years ago, NBC, nothing but crap. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Oh, God. Remember that episode, Andy? I do. (laughs) God. Do you think the Simpsons might go on forever? I mean, it's been on the air for like 30-some years now. Probably. Yeah, I don't know what's going to stop them. Well, I don't people are going to start that dying, show. that's what. We've oh, already lost. The young... There's already been a couple of people. Like Edna's voice, she died. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, there was another one, another major. Let's see. Voice actor. Dead. Dead. Voice actor dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, it listed me? Damn it. Oh, I thought you said dad. You said oh. dad. <laughs> like, whoops. Oh, yeah, no. Sid Hartman, yeah. obviously. That was forever ago, though. Oh, Sid. 1998. Sid Hartman. Oh, wow. He was um, Troy McClure. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His name was Sid Hartman? Or, wait, something I thought Hartman. Phil, no, Phil Hartman. Hartman. Phil Hartman, oh, not Sid Hartman. Sid's going to be 100 years here. old. Yeah. Oh, my God, Sidney. Yes, it'll be a hundred years old on March first. Ugh. Yeah. You know, uh, yesterday was Andy's grandfather's one hundredth birthday. Did did you did you hear the text that that Vicky sent me? I Andy? did. My, my sister, I have a sister, Vicky. She's two years older than me. She goes, "You do realize that Dad would be a hundred years old today 
if he hadn't died 37 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) That's real nice. They cheering me up. Thanks so much for cheering me up on that one. That's great. I feel much better now. That's funny. Uh, what the hell? I can't believe you know that. Uh, that's a tough road to hoe. Mm-hmm. I was talking about it on, on the on the morning show this morning that I got really kind of depressed last night and I didn't know why. And then I all of a sudden realized it was my dad's birthday. In all those years, I still carry that with me that my father and I never got along. Mm-hmm. Isn't that you just carry it with you for the rest of your life? Isn't that weird? No, mm-hmm. that's a bummer. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I guess. I got to call my dad now. I always say that. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Dad. Yeah, exactly. I love you. <laughs> what, if he just, what if he blocks your call? What oh, do you think? No, no. He's, we're cool. He just moved to Georgia like a year ago, but so he's kind of dead to oh, me. Oh, he did? Where? Like, um, emotionally. But uh, he, uh, was it, uh, he moved to where is it, Chattanooga. That's not in Georgia. Where is that? Uh, that's Louisiana. in Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he just moved again. I don't know. He didn't like it in Georgia. There's a whole time zone difference. He li- he worked in a different time zone than he lived. It was a dumb idea. They even yeah. told him, they're like, hey, just as of, don't do that. And then he's like, I can handle it. And then like a year later, he's like, yeah, no, that was a bad idea. <laughs> 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 that was a bad idea. Yeah. 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 Well, what the hell? Well, you'll get over it. It all works out. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything yeah. is good. Yeah. yeah. Everything is good. Do you guys think that that's true, that those Australian fires have killed a billion animals? I saw that yesterday. That's insane. Well, they're probably including insects. insects. But still, that's a Um, lot. But it's all part of the ecosystem there. Mm -hmm. I mean, because you have a lot of reptiles, too, like snakes and stuff. So I'm sure a lot of those have perished. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, because Australia is pretty lush with wildlife. Mm -hmm. So it it could be close to that number. I don't know. Yeah, it's sad it's, to think, though. Yeah, and a few like went extinct for sure. Like, ugh, that's a yeah. bummer. Like, that's. Ugh. Well, yeah, they got yeah, spiders no, the size of. Home. They have spiders there the size of Buicks. Yeah, those are okay. I think. No, extinct, <laughs> but... no, yeah, <laughs> like, those can go. <laughs> those can go. I'm cool with that. Yeah, it all works out in the end. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you to Brandon again for coming in today. I really appreciate you coming in to uh, fill on the spot. It's too bad that Jordan could make us. I was I was very impressed with that young man on Thursday on the morning show. He yeah, everyone great. in the building was like was congratulating him on the way out. He did he did a killer job. Uh, I'll take full responsibility for him not being here. No, it's good. <laughs> well, but, uh, oh, I thought you were going to take full responsibility for him being entertaining. Yeah, no, I told him all Which... what to say yesterday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I thought that was the case, but yeah, I didn't yeah. want to. You know, I, I don't want to. Blow your horn if you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of yeah I'm pretty deep, modest. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Huh? Let me get back to you on that one. Get okay. Up. Okay. Nah, it's cool. <laughs> we'll be back in a few minutes with the family. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, 
See my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. A little Rhiannon for you. I always did like this band, i got to be honest. Except for that USC march thing. I hated that. The what? waga hugo waga Remember that song? It's terrible. But she could sing. No doubt about it. Or she can sing, I guess, a better way to put it. Uh, so, we have a guest coming up in, about, uh, in, the, in the second part of Hour 2. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that. Um, so what else? Everything so is good. What else? No, I'm just asking people if they have anything on their mind they could bring it up at this particular juncture, or we could move on talking about how I crazy people have Did questions <gasps> about questions. fitness watches. Yeah, what about anybody? Let's talk about them. Okay, I have so an, I have an Apple Watch. I've, I found this Garmin laying around, brand new. Ooh, nice. So I started wearing it. Mm-hmm. Does it? I thought you had to tell it that you were going to go for a bike ride. Nope. Or take a spin class or well, do any sort of... You don't have to tell them, but, it, but it, well, it'll keep better track if you do. I thought... I don't know. Because I, I I, I've been riding um, an indoor bike, and it never tracked it before. But today, it, it said Garmin bike ride on my oh, app yeah. maybe oh so you so you've been tracking it and then today you forgot Is well i saying? usually just add it as a workout like yeah. i just add the miles and the yeah uh, yeah so, how, so now today be, it was just on there so it might like know your pattern mm-hmm. or know like oh she worked out for this long burn this many calories this is what she's done before because like my watch, I forgot to set it once, and it was like, did you, like, run for 40 minutes or whatever? And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, because I like I run every Monday and Thursday for 40 minutes. Well, like, like running, it's like, you know, if your arms are moving and your heart rate yeah. goes up, yeah. you're probably running. And then if, if your arms aren't moving and your heart rate goes up, you're probably on a bike. I know yeah. that every or time like, Melissa oh. mows the okay. lawn, it thinks she rides a bike. Because oh, her, her arms are stationary, yeah. Yeah. but you know she's oh, yeah. going back and forth. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Well, go. and but like heart rate goes. I up. take a spin okay. or I take a hit class every Wednesday, and I'm sure if I forgot to put it in, it would like yeah. see my heart rate going up and down, and then it would ask me if I took the class. You know, mm-hmm. just because it. Okay. it knows. Well, this is like a. This is an the, the oldest 
Garmin watch on their website. So I, I didn't think that this thing would have that kind of capability. But well, there you I go. Don't know. Well, well, speaking of the om- omniscient Internet and omniscient devices, we had a very interesting experience on our trip to Turks and Caicos. We were leaving Atlanta, and in Atlanta, you checked into the plane to go to Turks and Caicos by facial recognition. Yeah, oh. you've oh, seen yeah. that before yeah. too. Clear? Yep. What's that? Do you have clear? No. Oh, this is something other than clear. This is so. No, that oh. that's to get into the airplane, right? Yes. From the gate. So, so you ha- you yep. had a printed boarding pass. Oh no, we don't want that. We're just going to do facial recognition. So even though you don't think that facial recognition is ubiquitous in America like it is in China, it's yeah. ubiquitous in America because they got mm-hmm. the facial recognition not from me voluntarily. Yeah. They got it from the government. Oh. They said that you could opt out, though. If you didn't want to no. do it, they said no, you there could. Was no opting oh, out. on this plane? No, well, this everybody, really? it's in there. Like, you're in there. No, but this, this, but <laughs> oh, this, no. Is, this was creepy because I didn't look at the camera. I looked down and away from the camera and said, oh, yeah, you're on. It is a bizarre, wow. weird. it was a weird deal. So the big brother is here. I know. I have, I have clear and TSA pre-check and stuff because it's like with kids, it just makes it easier. And I forgot my wallet when we went to Florida and mm-hmm. it didn't matter because I had clear. Yep. Well, on the way there, on the way back it did because that airport didn't have clear. But um, they, so many people are like, you know, oh, don't do clear because then they'll have your face and your iris and your blah, blah, blah. If you have a driver's license, they've got your face. Yeah, and I'm so. like, they have, your fingerprints are all over everything and like, whatever. Yes. You know, I, it's you're it's unavoidable. The only, thing, <laughs> the only thing you're giving up is that iris scan and... Yeah, that facial recognition, that bothered me. That bothered me a lot. Like, oh, man, yeah, because was, you didn't sign up for it. Like, that's it real. No, that is weird. Oh, you can use my facial recognition. Mm-hmm. There was no approval. It says, this is what we're going to do. It, yeah. was, it, was, it was sort of by fiat. They decide, this yeah. is what we're doing. Just by fiat. I, I was really troubled by that. That, that is weird really that weird. That. Yeah, just like, oh, we're scanning your face now. All the time. It's also no, weird the that that happened in an airport in a small island, you know. Oh, no, 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 no it happened in Atlanta. Going, I'm sorry, going out of Atlanta. We're flying. Out of Atlanta? We're flying out of Atlanta. Out of Atlanta. Yeah, we are. Maybe that'll happen to us. Oh, I wonder. But we're only going to Key West. We're not going to. Well, yeah, you're country. fine. Yeah, basically. It is when I'm there. <laughs> no, it's a foreign land. Yeah. I can't believe you're not coming, you pill. Hey, I'm going to back to Turks and Caicos. Yeah, he's spending all his time in Turks and Caicos. Who is coming? Yeah, you and Doug's you not and Chesky. Chesky's yeah, not coming. Yeah, not coming either. No, no, I think he's going to Mexico or Sugar something. He's going to some island. Some island with is. his <laughs> wife's ex-husband. Yeah. So Doug's not coming. Michael Bryant's not coming. Dan Chesky's not coming. Doctor Pete Lallier's coming though. Dr. Pete's going to be there, oh, yeah. so that'll be he good. He likes to fish. That's are the Bilskis coming? He loves to go fish fishing. Man. Well, he's going to, what's that? Are the Bilskis coming? I think the Bilskis are coming. Yep, Bilskis are coming. Are the Absolutely. Sabre people coming? They came last year. Uh, yes. yes, Steve's coming. Steve They're and leaving Tatiana a day early so they can go to the Daytona 500 or something. Exactly. Oh. So that's cool. Okay, I got some bad news for people who have written a book in the last hundred years. No, oh, no, Andy. Nobody cares. <laughs> Oh, I don't believe that in the slightest. You ready? Okay, well, here we go. Here are the New York City Public Library, okay? New York Public Library's 10 most popular books. You ready? Oh, they're all classics. These are the 10 most popular books. The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Ah! How old is that? Uh, It's like 40 years old. That's not that old. 40 years old, isn't it? About 40, isn't it? Yeah. Ish, yeah. It's pretty old. 
Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Wow. What, about 30 years old? Not 20. No. 20, maybe. Yeah, it came out when I was, yeah, like 10. Okay, 20. Okay, then this next one's going to set you off a little bit. How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Wow. <laughs> oh, you're kidding. Wow. What? What was that book? Was that book like 110 years old? <laughs> what? No, How old is that, is that book? a popular book. I'm wondering. Uh, how to Win Friends. It's a self-help book from 1936. Oh, my huh? God. Weird. Wow. What a weird book. Phenomenal. I'm to wondering. have to be popular. Years old. That's got to be like a school thing. Nope. Yeah, this is the New York City Public Library. Well, but I mean, like, oh, but I mean, yeah, the like kids are going to go to the library to get a book for free. So this is what the homeless oh, people are, want, are reading. <laughs> yeah, maybe. How yeah, to maybe. not be homeless? <laughs> number seven. You ready for number seven? I'm ready. Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. Oh, really? Oh, what was that book written in 1955? About that. Yeah, I had to read one. that in high school, and I <laughs> I didn't. I like read the first couple chapters. And I'm like, nope, not doing this. Yeah, it's not a fun book. <laughs> Just like, no. no way am I reading this. Number six, Charlotte's Web. That's a hundred years old, isn't it? Yeah, probably. Yeah, they keep not remaking it though. It, yeah. Okay, here's one that's got really relatively new. To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Jeez. Lee. Yeah. That's a These are the thing. ten most popular books yeah. in New York City. Well, a lot of those are like classic. I mean, like no, Charlotte's Web and Very Hungry Caterpillar are very classic children's books. Yeah. Like right, if I didn't own, I have two copies of The if Very Hungry Caterpillar. I thought you were going to say, if I didn't own two children. <laughs> if I didn't own two children, yes. I, I would. No. Go and them. we go to the library all the time. We get library books constantly. I get some bad news for uh, people, though. To Kill a Mockingbird has been pulled from a lot of school uh, libraries because of the because way the black man is treated in it. Yeah. So they pulled it from a lot, a lot, a lot of different book. libraries. No, the That's of, the whole point of the book, but they don't like it. Yeah, the point of and he's vindicated. That's yeah, no, he's yeah. vindicated. The whole point he, he gets he gets uh, found guilty. Yeah, that's, oh. that's the downer. Does he really? They actually, he he made a sequel. Or wait, Harper Lee is that a man or a woman? Harper Lee. It's a woman. No, it's right? a woman. It's a, she so. used it as that was her name because she, she yeah. was like people might think I'm a man if I. Uh, yeah. Well, Who is I your next door neighbor? The sequel uh, is about how Atticus is like, you know, distraught over the fact that he lost the case, and you know, he's a shell of a oh, man, etc. Okay. Et so, so who was Harper Lee's? Uh, who was her, her next door neighbor when he was a little boy? Yeah, we had someone on, didn't we, about that? Yes, and yeah. I don't remember. Not Mr. Rogers. Truman Capote. Oh, oh, oh really? Truman Capote. Wow. Matter of fact, the little boy. What is his name? Scout. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is Truman Capote. She wrote. She wrote. I Scout knew that. Based on Truman Capote. <sighs> Many people didn't know that. Mm. Um, Her, where the wild oh. things are, by Marie Sendak. Oh. That's pretty damn old That's too, isn't old. it? That's absolutely a classic. I love that book so much. 1984 by George Orwell. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> hmm. This is unbelievable. What this means to me is that nobody's written a book worth reading any longer because even the schools are assigning books that are 100 years old. It's like, God, isn't there anything to read? It's too bad because, they, you know, they pulled from a lot of libraries. They have pulled uh, J.D. Salinger. because And F. Scott Fitzgerald from some because F. Scott, now you have to remember, he wrote those books 100 years ago or almost. But he drops the big N in his books a lot. Yeah. Well, so they yanked him out of the library, school well, libraries. Mark Twain as well. 
I've been riding a Peloton bike, and the music has the big N in it. Oh, I mean, a lot of the Peloton, Peloton yeah. music. What, oh, yeah. Why is it okay? Why is it okay? I don't know. I just don't. When get is it. it okay? It seems like it's okay sometimes. I don't know why they would do that. If most people riding a Peloton are going to be white people, why would they do that? Well, we don't know that, do we? Ooh. Yes, we do. Uh, I think we can glean the demographics. But, well, yeah, I'm just talking about the fact that 84 percent of the population is not black. More than that. That's what I'm saying. The the black yeah. po- what is that? I think black people are like 14. It's like it hovers oh, it between 10 and 14 percent. Oh, does it? Okay. Yep. So let's go 14 percent. That means 86 percent of people likely to ride a Peloton are white people. Yeah. Or not are non-black people, mm-hmm. not white people, but non-black people. Oh. So why would you want the big end dropping out there when 86 percent of the people listening to it are not black? Because that's the current music. That's but what people listen to. But it's disgusting to use that word. Not in rap, apparently. Oh no, I've no, never understood. Catherine, it. you're not listening to that music. You're being given that music. You're being fed that music. You're not listening. You're not yeah, choosing not, to listen to no. that music. No. No, that's right. And I'm not that's listening true. to it like hard or whatever. I'm just kind of like every once in a while. I'm like, wait, did they just say what I thought they said? Yeah. When I went to hey, is it okay if? Go ahead. When I went to Lifetime, it was pretty much all rap. It wasn't explicit oh, rap, but they often yeah. Ugh. It was like the uh, what do you call it like. What genre would you call turn down for what? It's like, you know, hype rap. Trap. Yeah, exactly. That kind of stuff. Where it's like What's it's trap? rap, but it's more electronic yeah. and more trap is like yeah, like electronic dance music mixed with rap. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much all they oh, play at lifetime. I thought trap was when I had to listen to rap music. Basically. <laughs> I hate entrapment. that music so much I can't even tell you. It's the most disgusting garbage in history. It sure is. Why? Because it complete there's no it takes no talent to do it. Oh, he's got good rhymes. Ooh, that's a bitch to rhyme words, really? Oh god, it's and I would I would almost guarantee you that ninety percent of people that buy that music are, are white boys. Yeah, definitely. B O Y Z. They do. Thank you. I have to say, now that I've been listening to more rap because I've been writing the Peloton, <laughs> now that I'm very involved in the rap scene, <laughs> that uh, and you know it's uh, it's in the gym. I didn't buy a Peloton, right? But um. There's actually some rap that isn't. It's kind of like uplifting and good messaging. Well, so I don't know who is, they are. They yeah. say on the little screen who the artist is, but I don't remember. California anything. loves a good rap song because it's about well, being proud of where you're from. I will. So I, when I was a dancer, did hip hop classes and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. there's definitely there's something about certain rap music that just like kind of you know gets you excited and like it's just a little more motivation yeah. like for the peloton or like certain things because just there's like a certain beat and the quickness of it i think has something to do with like why it's so popular in exercise well yeah there's exceptions to everything and that includes you oh. know every genre mm-hmm. has some uplifting songs and it has some garbage songs <clears throat> yeah you know. well it's also the music of your generation i mean rap started when you were yeah like yeah, a teenager well, or yeah. preteen. Yeah. Really. Mhm. All I know is I'm on the Peloton. I want to hear Black Buddy by Ram Jam. I'm sure you could <laughs> find you it. You probably could. Sure you oh, could find Black it. Buddy, There's Ram so Lamb. many. I'm so jealous. I was I You know had the a... the first uh lowbrow song that I'm aware of. Let's see if you can guess who wrote it. 
It's called Lick Me in the Ass. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, what? Wait. It's written by your, your Wolfgang son just said... Amadeus Mozart. What? Lick Me in the Ass by Mozart? Yep. What? He wrote what? a song. What? What's happening? He's a rap star? <laughs> what? It's true. What? Whoa. How da, and da, what? Da, 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 you can da, look da, it up. Yeah. Lick me on the butthole. Is, what? Was it a, was it a joke? <laughs> I'm confused. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. Oh, it was, it was oh, like God. he wrote it like to play at a party with his friends to, you know... Be funny. Oh, be a smart ass. You know, you know wow. the friends does he have? What? Yeah, jeez. No one, no one talks about the back room kind of dealings or the drugs or the alcohol or the parties that went on with these oh, uh, God, sponsored sure. masters. Yeah. And when you know some royal guy oh, says, yeah. "Hey, why don't you, why don't you do a little uh, party music for us here, uh, Amadeus?" He goes, "Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be there? Oh, you know, Jimmy's going to be there. Jane's going to be there. Oh, yeah, we'll have a fun time. What are we going to do? We got a little mushrooms. We got some stuff. Yeah. Is my laudanum <laughs> dealer going to be there? Yeah, that's right. There you go. Laudanum. <laughs> God." <laughs> Uh, we got to take a break here, but the uh, last two would be Cat in the Hat's number two, but the number one book, Ezra Jack Keats' The Snowy Day, which is purportedly the very first book to star an African-American boy. Fun, heard of that. fun loves Snowy Day. We love Snowy Day. It's a very, oh, it's a very sweet, like, easy, simple, it's really, oh, it's yeah, a cute, I remember it's, that. it's a very cute little book. Yeah. Number one book. That's all you need to know, brothers and sisters. That's really... It's, <laughs> thank you for that. We'll be right back. Special guest up next with the family. Tom Bernard here, and with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, I was reading on your website that one of your bankers has worked with a customer for more than 30 years. It's a long time for any business relationship. Is that common? Not only 30 years, but two generations. Our great client, Northland Fastening Systems. 30 years is definitely not common for a lot of bankers, but Brad has developed a relationship with that trusted customer that has allowed them to show steady growth every year they've been together. Building the relationship of trust is what we do best. It allows us to make quick deals that benefit them and all of our business customers. The cool thing is that it gives us a chance to be more than your banker, hopefully a partner, and maybe even a friend. I have never liked you, by the way. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience? Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Thanks, friend. And you are? (laughs) Real nice. Chuck Nabla. (laughs) Chuck Nabla. If you're one of those folks out there still putting up with contact lenses or dealing with glasses, think just for a moment. What would it be like to wake up to a clear morning and experience your day with all the freedom LASIK brings? Well, I'm living proof. That dream can come true. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With the new year right around the corner, it's time to set your sights on 2020 vision. Get $500 off LASIK through the end of the year at Whiting Clinic. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contacts, then it's time for you to find out if you're a candidate for LASIK. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com for your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Imagine 2020, buy 2020, and let 2020 be your best year yet with $500 off LASIK at Whiting Clinic. Offer expires December 31st, 2019. Both eyes only cannot be combined. Results may vary. Oh, yeah, it's going to be sunny and 30 today, isn't it? Whoop! Gonna wow. take the dogs for a nice long walk. Nice long go. dirty walk. Get ready to oh, wash God, them. Yeah. 
No, that's why I've got quite dirty. big boots. There you go. Is Maria ready to go? Why, yes. Maria Mayor, how are you? Hello, how are you? I'm doing extremely well. Things are good. Uh, I have to ask you one question, because I, I, I read the descriptor for your book, but I have to ask you one question. Okay? Uh-huh. Do your parents know you referred to them as overprotective Cuban immigrants? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> they are most definitely proud Cuban immigrants who are overprotective. <laughs> There's nothing in the description that is inaccurate. Yeah, and they but can't deny it, right? That's a good thing, isn't it? You want overprotective parents, don't you? You know what's great about it is that while my mom was overprotective and didn't really want me to go running around in the jungles everywhere, she would, in, in a very <laughs> Cuban style, iron my field pants before I left for the field. And so I knew she had Aww. That was her way of <laughs> See, that's, wow. one, that's wonderful. I just didn't want to mention very quickly. the house all creased when you're leaving for the jungle. <laughs> no, that's right. No creasing. Catherine, my lovely wife, uh, who's with, with us here today, she and I went to Cuba in February. God, their country. Would you consider it to be, you know, uh, so both your parents grew up in Cuba? So my dad is from Madrid and my mom grew up in Cuba. And I was oh, okay. here for right. the first time uh, about four years ago. And Loved it. it's a it's an amazing place. I mean, I definitely felt the the human warmth and the vibrancy and everything else. Mm-hmm. But as I said to my husband, it it's sort of like if Russia and Africa had a child, that was sort of the vibe there. Um, there's still so much, um, you know, sort of the the architecture, which is really stunning, but so much of it is mm-hmm. dilapidated. I mean, it's still it is, yeah. going through a lot of hardship. <laughs> yep. Yes. We absolutely love the people, uh, Mariah. I just want to tell you, we love the people. They were could not have been more friendly. Just tremendous time. So I would say to people, They're if you get amazing. a chance to go to Cuba, you definitely go. They're great people. They really are really yeah, nice people. I agree. They'll just kiss you. I mean, I would say Yeah, that, they give you a kiss. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Expedition Bigfoot on Travel Channel. New episode Sundays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central Time. So... An elite team of Sasquatch specialists. Now, wait a minute. You didn't go hunt for Sasquatch wearing creased pants, did you? Oh, no. Absolutely not. That's now a lifelong <laughs> habit that my pants have to be nice and, you know, <laughs> and straight. Uh, and I'm good. definitely not a Sasquatch expert. <laughs> I wasn't even a Bigfoot enthusiast when I went out there, but it was truly an, an amazing, really amazing expedition. Oh, we want to hear about it. So you went to Oregon, right? That's right. Um, we were we set off to a spot that the data analyst suggested as the hot spot because of the number of sightings and, and recent sightings and frequency, and it was the right time to go that would increase or maximize the chances of uh, running into a Bigfoot. I mean, as you know, most people go in after a sighting, and this was sort of trying to beat him to it. And so it was it was a really data-driven way to pinpoint dislocation. And once we were there, I knew that we had hit upon something special because I've, I've run around the, the woods and jungles all over the world, and I always feel incredibly comfortable, as comfortable as I am in a city. 
and this place just felt different. It was almost from the get-go that it, it, it had this this weird feeling of being watched that was very tangible, but you couldn't quite put your finger on it. But it was a constant feeling, which I now, you know, I, I've been told is not uncommon. Uh, but anyhow, this feeling of being watched, uh, that, that was something that really stood out for me from the very beginning. That is wonderful. So we talked about the TV show, Expedition Bigfoot on Travel Channel, Sundays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central Time, but also a book, Pink Boots and a Machete, My Journey from NFL Cheerleader to National Geographic Explorer. How did you go from one to another? Yeah. That's, that's fascinating. <laughs> I just, I was just always sort of adventurous. Even going into cheerleading was adventurous because I'd never been a cheerleader before. It made no sense. But I was a huge football fan, and I wanted, you know, the very best front row tickets to the Dolphins games. And so I auditioned to be a Miami Dolphins cheerleader, and lo and behold, uh, I got in. <laughs> and so for four years, I did have the best seats in the house, and it was a lot of fun. But then I was in college. I was going to the University of Miami, and I took a class in anthropology, and we were talking about primates and how many of them were on the verge of extinction, and you know we, we knew very little about them. And I just had this aha moment watching Gorillas in the Mist where I thought, this is what I want to do. For the rest of my life, at the time, I'd never left the country. In fact, I'd never even been camping because my overprotective Cuban mom said that joining the Girl Scouts was way too dangerous when I was a kid. So I set you know, off for one of the most remote, uh, unexplored regions of the Amazon on my very first trek out, and that was it. I, I just I never looked back. Are you an only child? Do you mind me asking that? I I am. What gave it away? Yeah, I could tell. Because your mother loves you so much and just wants to... Well, she can't lord over you because she's a woman. (laughs) Yeah, you're lovable. That's it. Well, Mario, that's exactly the deal. You're very lovable. See, I, I actually really, really like that about... My mother was very protective, too. I grew up a nice little Catholic boy with my mother kind of lording over us all. and So I know exactly what you're talking about. There were seven of us. But, uh, yeah, it was the same situation. Wow, it's like, she well, has, I she has me beat. Yeah. I have six. Oh, you have six? Really? I do. What? I had That's... I had my first little girl uh, 14 years ago and then wanted her to have siblings because I had been an only child and so had another mm-hmm. little girl. And then I had this idea that, you know, I would love to have a little boy. And so I had twin girls, <laughs> so that put me up to four. Anyway, eventually had the boy, but I have six. <laughs> well, see, that's one. Well, you lived your dream, so your, your husband's all in, I'm assuming. He's all in. I don't know if he realizes he has a choice in the matter, but yes, he is all in. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a possibility. I understand that he's thinking, in, absolutely. He's incredibly supportive, and, and the kids are as well, and... You know, they've been really into the the Expedition Bigfoot series, and they constantly want to know what's happening ahead. But I told them they got to watch along with everybody else. I can't give anything away. <laughs> so I have them both. You know, Mariah, well, you're making us all look bad here because basically you have a TV show, you have a book, you're raising six children. I guess the rest of us are kind of slackers. And, and I haven't told you my, my latest role. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm, I'm ready. Not trying to show, I'm not trying to show off, but I do feel I need to say this. I'm now yeah, sure. the director of science and exploration communications at Florida International University. 
So it's almost like all of my passions combined because, you know, my my love of science and exploration, but also I feel like it's really important to communicate that science and get people aware and caring about the environment and all of these um, habitat issues and, and wildlife issues. And so it's almost like all of my loves combined into this position, which I just took on in August. So uh, FIU is in, is that in Boca? Where is that? It's in Miami. Oh, it's right in so Miami. I'm back, okay. I'm actually back where it all started. I grew up in Little Havana in Miami, and now I'm, I'm very much back home and in my oh, element. God, how great and is speaking that? speaking Spanish and having tostadas and cafecito. It's great. You need to accomplish more, though. I really think that a book and a TV show and six kids and, you know, being the director, you need you need to get up and get something done, Maria. I'm just telling you. I need to get you, on just, somebody's a, cool podcast or radio show, I think, to really feel this, right? I'm a bit of an underachiever that way. <laughs> it all works out in the end. That is a great area down there, by the way, that whole situation. I have a matter of fact, um, do you know any of the uh, the... Radio people, you know who Paul Castronovo is. I, I know who that Paul is. Yes. Oh yeah, because he's a good friend of mine. He he has been the uh, he had, well was called Paul and Young Ron for a long, long time. Then Young Ron retired. I, I grew but up listening Paul, to those guys, of course. Did you? Really, are you going to be on Paul's show? You should be. I can you make a connection? Yes, I can absolutely do that. No question All about right. it. Then I will call I him and I give am, him your yeah. phone number. <laughs> then I think I am, yes. You know, it's interesting about that. The demographics of Miami now are fascinating. Do you know the demographics of Miami, the city? It's like 99% Cuban. Well, it's 70% Spanish, 20% black, and 10% white. It's really, and the reason, the only reason it. I bring that up at all, I, the only reason I bring that up at all is because the cultural changes that happen because of that uh, to radio, to television, to magazines, newspapers, to all that stuff, it changes uh, quite a bit. It's pretty interesting. It, it is. And, I mean, when you're in Miami, it does feel, uh, it, it feels different than the rest of the, the United States. Yeah. Uh, yep, in a great way. Does. Don't get me wrong. In a great way. Uh, but I really do love the, the diversity here. And like I said, for me, I mean, I grew up Spanish with my first language. It just mm-hmm. feels home the, the second I touch down. So, yeah, I'm really loving it here. And the university is incredibly can... diverse as well. A lot of the students, it's mm-hmm. the first time that they um, that somebody in their family has gone to, to college, um, who's graduating. So it's also a really sort of exciting place to be, to see that change. Oh, that it growth. is. Plus, you get to go to Joe's Crab, which I'm jealous of. Oh, I haven't been there in the last few months, and yes, I, I should. I need to. You have a hookup there, too? <laughs> you need to get... Can Paul set that up? <laughs> yes, we can. We'll t- hey, look, Maria, you're covered now. From now on, now that no, no, we know this, we... Uh, well, my family, our family spends time in uh, West Palm Beach every winter, and... Uh, well, was that whole lot. First of all, well, I was going to talk about you know growing up and watching the whole thing on TV uh, because I'm that age. You're far too young to know about this, but Jackie Gleason, he did so. You know who Jackie Gleason even is? We have a Jackie Gleason theater here, don't we? Yeah, that's him. That is, that's Jackie yeah. Gleason. But he he literally took Miami and put it on the television map because he would take a train from New York down to Miami to do his shows every year. He did so much to develop Miami. It was unbelievable. It was, uh, it's a great area. We, Catherine and I spend time down in Miami. And it, well, we went to Cuba last year. As I said, we, we, we went on a cruise ship out of uh, Miami. Miami. It was great. 
It was wonderful. Great. But I got to tell you something. I brought this up by coincidence because I didn't know you were going to be. I do a morning show in town as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in any case, I, I brought this up earlier that when Catherine and I were in Cuba, I was sitting talking to a guy. We were having lunch one day or whatever. I'm sitting there talking to this guy, and he was all happy. This Cuban man was all happy. He was in a great mood. And I said, oh, you're happy. You got a high guy today. Everything's going pretty well. He goes, yeah, yeah, I'm very, very excited. I'm very, very grateful to the, to the president because he's allowed me to get another job. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I have two jobs now. They've allowed me to get two jobs. And I said, wow. you're happy because you're allowed to work twice as hard. <laughs> but he was. Yeah, he was very happy about it. Their salaries are so low there. Yeah. The Twenty bucks a month. Salaries are really low. I mean, doctors there, I think, make something like twenty to thirty dollars a month, and that's um, correct. And that's the and and that's the the, the high end, most <laughs> most accomplished of of the doctors there. And people stand in lines uh, for hours to get food, and by the same time they get to their turn, a lot of times they've run out. So yeah, it's a it's a difficult mm-hmm. situation. So I, I could understand why somebody would be happy to. To, to work more, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you what, you should be proud of your heritage. They're wonderful people, very, very friendly people. You can find a good-looking Cuban, too, by the way. Do you, know, you ever notice that? What's that? That there are good-looking Cubans? Yeah, sure, lots of them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can. <laughs> it's not that hard to find one. I uh, had a great time, but in any case, ladies and gentlemen, Maria Mayor, it's spelled as Mayor, M-A-Y-O-R, uh, the TV show, Expedition Bigfoot on Travel Channel. New episodes every Sunday at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Central. The book is called Pink Boots and a Machete, My Journey from NFL Cheerleader to National Geographic Explorer. If you want to take classes, FIU is the place to go. And what other jobs do you have? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I'm part of the National Geographic Speakers Bureau, so I go around the country giving lectures. In fact, I'm going to be in Montana this weekend at Billings. Montana giving a, a National Geographic live series lecture, and uh, I sometimes, I'm, I'm a soccer mom, I mean, that's a job, too. I oh, guess. yeah. <laughs> so, I, wear, I well, wear a lot of hats, that's for sure. Well, tell your mother she did a great job raising her daughter. Thank you, I will. She's All a right, thank you very much. Woman who, who led by example. Thank you so much. Well, have a great day. You too, take care. Mm- Bye-bye. Maria Mayor, ladies and gentlemen, will be back with the family. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry, this 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Start the new year looking great and feel even better by losing 20 to 40 pounds with help from my friends at Ultimate, powered by Nutramost. It's Tom, and I'm thrilled to let you know that for a very limited time, you'll receive 20 to 30% off all programs with Ultimate's New Year's Resolution Sale. Do what I did and let Dan and Neil Sheehy and the staff at Ultimate help you change your relationship with food forever. 
With the help of Ultimate, I lost 41 pounds and another 42 pounds in each of my two 40-day programs. Debbie P. from Anoka lost 31 pounds in 43 days. Cheryl S. of Webster lost 36 pounds in 43 days. And Ron D. from Lakeville lost 57 pounds in just 43 days. Live your healthiest life starting today. Schedule an immediate consultation and receive 20 to 30% off all programs for a limited time. Call Ultimate, powered by Nutramost, 763-333-7337. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Not quite. What is this? Oh, this is Lick My Butt? Yes, it is. What? What's it at? Alex goes, what? Were you out of the room earlier when he was talking about no, Mozart? No, I, st- I just am still very confused about the whole thing. Oh, yeah, he had a bunch of songs like that. He had songs what? about, like, Naughty, shitting Naughty. in the bed and, you know. <laughs> Apparently he was a weirdo. So he has, he has Fawn Rasmussen humor. No. Yeah, he does, actually. I guess. That's right, he's Fawn Rasmussen. Poop. My goodness. This next song, ladies and gentlemen, is called Poop. Poop on the ground. Poop on the ceiling. Poop on the ground. Poop in the It's lamp. all true. <laughs> all true, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know. We're just uh, kind of slugging. She was a great guest, though. How, what a pleasant person. Do you think she's achieved a little bit in her life? Jeez, how much coffee bit. does she drink? My God. She must have to move, drink a lot of coffee, keep moving as hard as she's moving, no doubt about it. NFL cheerleader, and now she's a professor. That's yeah, pretty good. You know. Yeah, PhD. It's not, not easy to come by. Not at all, and no question about it. They, uh, eh, what are you going to do? So, uh oh, we got uh, Iran State TV anchors of, are being forced out of their jobs for you know what they're why they're being forced out of their jobs? No, they're being forced out because they lied to the people. How many news anchors would be on national television if they had to quit over lying to the people? For real. Uh, all of them? There'd be none left. There'd be <laughs> nobody left. left. There wouldn't. There wouldn't be one single news anchor left. I thought our job was to lie. Well, it is. That's what their job, there, there is no question their job is to lie. You got to get that message out there because we'll make more money and we'll buy, uh, you know, people buy more ads if you if you get it out there. Get them freaked out. Two anchors for Iranian state TV have quit amid growing fear over the drowning of a Ukrainian, or downing, excuse, it says drowning here. They meant downing, but it actually says in na- national press, it says the drowning of a Ukrainian jetliner. Mm. Oh, God. It's getting worse by the day, man. Thank you for <laughs> accepting me as anchor until today, said Zara Katami, formerly of the Islamic Republic of Iran Broadcasting. I just call it IRIB. That's what I call it, the Islamic Republic of Iran Broadcasting. I will never get back to TV. Forgive me, another Sabah Rod. Also thanked supporters and said her 21-year career in journalism was over. I cannot continue my work in the media. I cannot. A third presenter, Jalare Jabare, posted on Instagram that she had quit a while ago. It was very hard for me to believe that our people have been killed, she wrote. Forgive me that I got to know this late, and forgive me for the 13 years I told you lies. Jeez. Oh, they better move. You better move out of the country, man. Come to America. 
I just love that. And what do we hear? We hear lies on our yeah, networks. We love liars. Here. A lot of them about how uh, this current administration has got us on the road to World War Three. Mm-hmm. No, they don't. They've been saying that since I was a kid, though. World War Three was always have. just around the corner. Just around the corner. Look, I am not a big fan of any of them. So that's I'm not trying to defend. He's the president of the United States, so I will honor him because he's the president, right? Doesn't mean I have to like his his business practices and all the rest of it. But to get on TV and tell people they should be terribly fearful because World War III is about to start mm-hmm. is disgusting. Because you're making money doing it, and that's the only reason you're doing it. Because people will will flock to you to hear anything negative about America. Ralph, when did that all start? Oh, people love to hear negative things about their own country. Uh, I, maybe forever. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> maybe forever. Everybody wants okay, to negative, well. want to hear negative things. They don't want to hear positive things. The, it, it doesn't resonate. I don't know why it doesn't resonate with people. You know, people don't want to hear. Oh, you know, yeah, there's a little bit of global uh, global climate change, but you know, it's not that big a deal. You know, we were going to do just fine, and technological improvements will uh, correct this over right. time. Right. No one wants to hear that. They want to hear. Oh no, we're all going to die in ten years. Well, it's the same reason people, when they watch TV, they want to see drama, violence, action. They don't want to see do, just like, yeah. you know, happy people being happy because it's more How exciting dumb. to be you know in the middle of a crisis constantly. So the problem we have now is that people in America, at least, are born in a very peaceful time. Not a yep. whole lot's going wrong. But mm-hmm. the entirety of school history is about tragedies and atrocities and wars and everything like that. Right. And so right. that's, you know, they they want to be like the Nazi hunting heroes from World War II or they want to be the that's British exactly you right. know, fighting the yep. Redcoats. They want to be Paul Revere, but you can't because there's no real war going on right now. So they wish for it to happen so they can become a hero. Do you think that playing video games has, has uh, also increased people's uh, anxiety and therefore made them more mean and hateful? Video games, no. Movies and TV, yes. I well, think, that, I, I, it's think, all the same. I think when CNN started their 24-hour news cycle yeah, and exactly. having to jump on a story and have a big story all the time mm-hmm. to keep their news cycle going, I think that's what started the but whole I, thing. I have a question for you about that. Uh, and you can all, I'd like to hear all of your take on this situation. I watched television for eight years when President Obama was president. He never did anything wrong ever as far as CNN was concerned. No. Now it's been three years on, on going in our fourth year of watching Donald Trump, and he has never, ever done anything right. Well, now you know their political affiliation. But how can anyone believe anything they say if, that, if that's your, your history? Why would I ever believe anything you say? Because well, they believe that Obama never did anything wrong, and they believe that Donald yeah. Trump oh, never God. did anything oh, right. God. It's disgusting. They're human. They're both human. They did things very poorly and did things well. well. What's the problem here? Well, it was just like when we were over at our friend's house the other day, and you told this younger man that you were a centrist, and he said, oh, that just means you're a Republican. Yeah. Did you hear about that? Oh, Sounds about right. Yeah, that's about right. There was a young kid. He asked me my public, my, my my political affiliation. I said I'm a centrist. He goes, Oh, you're a Republican. I said, No, no, no. I'm not Republican. I'm a centrist. He goes, Well, if you're not progressive, you're a Republican. Yep, that's what a lot of young people believe. That's well, what that's he thought. That's what they are told to say. I mean, it's but it's become a cult. And it's not true. That Richie Gervais went through the same thing. 
He's, oh, he, he was wonderful. God, he was wonderful. He's been accused of the same thing. He being he being a conservative. He's no more conservative than I don't know. Not at no. all. Yeah, the, he's like the most anti-Christian person in the universe. But which I, I've never understood that one either. So uh, if you're anti-religion is one thing, to, but to pick one out to to point at uh, most often, I'd probably pick the one out where they kill gay people and uh, murder women for driving a car. Well, it's because that's the, Christians the religion don't, I don't fight care. back is the thing. At least in yeah, America, that's right. they don't. <clears throat> that's you can exactly say whatever right. you want about Christianity in America, and no one's going to do anything about it. But, you know, if you say anything bad it. about pretty much any other religion, you're going to get piled on. Yeah, you are. I probably wouldn't, uh, you know, cause, because there was a bit of furor because they, in some, I don't even remember where the hell it was, but they made Jesus a gay man in their play or Brazil. movie or whatever it was. It was Brazil? Yeah, that's right. It was Brazil. I wonder how they would have fared had they made Muhammad gay. Yeah, for real. You think any of them would still be alive? Because I don't think they would be. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, that- uh, well, how... how uh, seriously, how hypocritical are you that one religion is better than the other? I don't understand. I just don't get it. Yes, Christians did go out throughout the world and, and murder people, too. Every religion has pretty much done that, and, hasn't it? And every religion continues to do that. <laughs> yeah, they I mean, pretty I mean, much do. That, the, it's too bad. I know. It, it is. It, and I always pick up, put out, point out that the Buddhists are killing them, the Mian, or the, yeah. the, yep. the um, Rohingyas. Which are which are Muslim? I mean, it, it, yep. it, 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 every religion is, has that element to it. The whole point is to try to get away from that, you know, to get that out of it, all the belief system. It makes no sense. Yeah. That's why so many religious groups try to go to the top of a mountain and be left alone. But nope, somebody just <laughs> gotta go up that mountain and yeah. kill mess them. It, mess it up for them. <laughs> just have to. The only thing I've ever killed in my life is my wife's spirit. Yeah, I know. It's it. You haven't there killed you crushed it. Crushed it. <laughs> I haven't killed it yet, but I've crushed it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great. At issue was Iran's initial denial that it shot down the plane, killing all 176 people on board, and anti-government demonstrations that ensued when the truth came out. Some news outlets close uh, to the regime are even reporting on the protests now, and the Association of Iranian Journalists says the country is undergoing a funeral for public trust. Speaking on BBC Radio, a commentator for the nation's state-run TV said, There is little trust in the government, and people want more freedom. The lies they said about the shooting down of the airplane have lost public interest, or public trust, excuse me. To be fair, some Iranian media outlets engaged in debates over government policies, but Reporters Without Borders says independent journalists there are subjected to intimidation, arbitrary arrest, and long, long jail sentences. But we're the bad guys. Let's not forget that. I'm that, that Khomeini or whatever the hell, what's the guy's name? Soleimani. He was a national hero. Well, you know what, CNN? No, he was not. You lied yet again. Am I, I am impressed, though, that the Iranian people are doing this. Yeah, I am, too. And I didn't know that this was something that was even allowed. I thought they, well, they would not. just all be shot. Well, they were putting their lives on the line, I'll yeah. tell you that. So this is very brave. I agree. You'd, you'd have to honor the Iranian people because they're they're stepping up, going. You lied to us. I wish Americans would do this. This. I wish Americans would would parade through the streets and go. 
you you politicians need to stop lying to us and and controlling the media with your dog it shit. Would never work here. Well, they Why do not? because fifty percent of the people believe the lies and fifty yeah. percent of the people that uh, don't, and then you'd be fighting amongst each other, and disgusting. you know you don't know what the truth is in America anymore. They do protest, Disgu- but it's like it's on it's disorganized, just like I hate this side for no particular yeah. reason, kind of protesting. Yeah. Which is to be honest with you, I don't hate. I don't hate any religion. I don't hate any sides. I don't hate any political party. I I don't want to go through my life hating some. That's all people do is talk about their hatred for something now. Yep. You want to live like that? Not me. Yeah, me either. It's, Anyone it's, else? It's, reli- it's sort of a belief system based on hatred. Yeah. It is. It absolutely is based on hatred. And by the way, you'd never talk like that to somebody's face, would you? You'll do it on Twitter, you'll do it on the news, but you'd never stand face-to-face with somebody and go after them like that because you're a coward, right? Yeah, it's, it's uh, uh, social media that gives a voice to uh, spineless people. It does. It's really too bad that they're, they're going to have to... Andy, do you think they'll ever do something about that, the fact that people attack others and try to ruin their lives? Why is that allowed? They've been doing that forever. Yeah. Are you going to stop it with free speech? Oh, God. We want free speech. How much more time we got, Andy? Is that everything? It's 1 o'clock. I mean, technically, I think we have a few minutes left. Let's see here. Oh, do we? We have about four minutes. (laughs) Oh, do we really? Yes. That's the ticket, ladies and gentlemen. Now we got Warren. uh, Elizabeth Warren says that Bernie Sanders told her a woman couldn't possibly win the presidency. (laughs) He says he didn't say it. Bernie. So she said something. He said something. Now those two kids are at each other's throats, and I hope they both live through it. Because aren't they both like 85? Why don't they run on the same ticket? Uh, she's got Andrew Yang as her running mate. I don't know who Bernie's. Is. They could co-president. They could start the first co-presidency. The co-presidency. That would be the way to do it. I don't know. I, I really don't. Well, whatever. Yeah, I that's, don't really that's understand. That's not how the Constitution is set up. We don't have well, co-presidency. They're, they're going to change everything anyway. So start now. It's not going to be. Yeah. Seems I mean, like it. They might as well. It seems like the that's the situation. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Just the men everything. And Elizabeth are at it, at each other's throats. Man. Well, oh yeah, they hate one another now. If either of them got elected, I don't think they would be alive in eight years. So, I don't know. No. They don't. Probably, well, Bernie. Well, Bernie wouldn't be. Yeah, probably. Bernie is. I don't know. The very sickly looking man. I don't what know. is he? Eighty something. Warren might be okay. How old? He's is he? eighty something, isn't he, Bernie? Let's see here. Bernie I think Elizabeth's like eighty one or something. He is. Oh, is he? He's only 78. Yikes. No, he's not. That's he's in his says. 80s. Yeah, they shaved a few years off. Well, how old is Elizabeth Warren? Is she 80? She's only 70. She's 70. Yeah, she I can see that. She's 80. Well, she maybe it's her Native American blood that keeps her youthful looking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at Bush pre-presidency. Post presidency. Oh yeah. Look at Obama oh, pre presidency. Yeah. Post. Oh, that's true. It, you age twenty years being the president. So I mean, oh, you, you start do. at eighty, yep. you're going to end at a hundred. Not good. Yeah. Well, that's that's very very true. There's no question about that. So I don't know. We'll uh, we'll keep an eye on those kids, Bernie and Elizabeth. See if they can get along. What are we down to now? Like six people, seven people for the Democratic Party. I have no idea. In the in the debates, I'm talking about. I think it's seven. And what I notice about that is three of them are billionaires. 
That's not good news. I'm just here to tell you nope. that the billionaires are come pretty soon. So basically, you have a billionaire who's the president of the United States right now. You have a billionaire, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House. Uh, they claim whenever they talk about her wealth, they talk about her personal wealth, but her husband's a billionaire, too. So they got to add that part together. So are you the Republicans I mean? just not going to put anyone up against Trump? No. No, it's not going to happen. The The stock market was up over 29,000 again today. The jobs are really in good shape. The economy is kicking ass. There's no oh, doubt about it. Did anybody that. see what those bank reports, the banks were, the big banks were all supposed to be very happy, They're too. all very, very happy about something. They put out some them. reports, yeah. but yeah, I didn't probably see track what they it were. Down. Hmm. We got two minutes. We could probably track it down. Bank reports? You know, they, you know, no one... You know, I, I, I ran into a Canadian when I was on vacation, and he said, what do you think of Trump? And I said, well, you know, the economy is really pretty good. First words out of his mouth. Well, that's all Obama. Mm. Obama did that. So, if I ever oh go my to God. country, I am going to straight-faced deny ever her, having heard of Trump. Be like, Who? Donald what? <laughs> Donald Trump? What kind of a name Who? is Trump? What is a president? that's very smart andy very smart all right we'll leave it at that have a great day we'll see you tomorrow with the family